1: You're listening to
2: Garden Talk here on KCBQ and KPRZ. I'm Ken Anderson, along with David Ross, Mark Mahadi, and George Allman. We're going to be here with you for the next hour talking about all kinds of stuff going on
3: in your yard and garden. I was waiting for you to say yard and garden. Good morning, guys.
4: Good yeah, morning. I was waiting for him to say good morning. Good morning. Good
3: morning. Uh,
4: another nice morning this morning.
3: Yep. It was beautiful out. Crystal clear. Did you see the green blob? No, I didn't. I didn't
2: did see you? the green did blob. Did you
4: see there. the Bella Luna, the beautiful moon? I out did there? see that. It was gorgeous.
2: Yeah, I walked out and was looking around the sky and hadn't been looking for more than looking maybe 10 or 15 seconds. Balloons? Yeah. Well, there there was a satellite that just went skirting across the sky. Oh, this mm-hmm. morning? This morning.
3: Yeah. I saw it too. I was yeah. just coming back from lock, unlocking, the unlocking the chickens and letting the chickens. them out. Yeah. So, clear.
2: Crystal clear sky. Yeah, beautiful sky. Uh, it's warmed up a little bit, although it's supposed to start cooling off
3: again. We are expecting rain again. Tomorrow, right? Tomorrow. Late or? In the middle of the day. Middle of the day. Uh, One one-hundredth of an inch in the first four hours or from from four to ten and another hundredth of an inch from ten until four. So it's going to drizzle tomorrow. Maybe, yes. We'll a- see. A- and it's supposed to be windy and a little bit cooler, and then it's supposed to warm up again for the rest of the week.
2: Well, that's nice. At least it's not what they're dealing with back east. Mm.
3: Gosh, I know minus fourteen. <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah. And I saw someplace where, or was it you said it was with the windchill? It was like minus thirty or something. Yeah, like that. Syracuse. God, no, thank you. As my my son
3: lives in Chicago, it was sixteen this morning. Now, I thought you said when you were in upstate New York, it was beautiful. And now you're saying, well, oh, in, thank Oto- you? in October, it is.
4: There's yeah. a big delta between October and January. Oh, is it yeah. different, yeah. Oh, different yeah. times? Okay. Yes. Yeah. okay. Having yeah. grown up back there, absolutely. Yeah, there's
3: a couple times a year, it's beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> and then there's the rest of the year? Yes. Nope. So
2: Anyway, we can. I still haven't turned my sprinklers back on yet.
3: No, nor have I. Although I did. You know what? I had a big week. So far. I planted four trees this week. Wow, two two of which were new purchases, but I never looked up to see when I bought the Kona Charwell avocado. I, I planted that, and it's probably been at the house for a year and a half, maybe two.
4: <laughs> that doesn't.
3: Why am I not surprised? Well, by but that? I, you're not. Well, you should be surprised because it's still alive. Well, that's, that's, that's true. true. That yeah. is true. So, how long
4: was it in the office before you took it home?
3: Well, that was just probably a couple of days. So it was a house plant there for a <laughs> <Yeah>. while. <laughs> But the, I got those two peaches, and they're looking good.
4: I, too. I, I took the Tropic Prince, and it looks gorgeous. It is in full bloom. And, and you remember that
3: that uh, bees nest in the ground that I was telling you about, and I told you they were honeybees? They're wasps. They, they weren't. They're not. They're wasps. They are. Yeah. yeah. Why would you think they were honeybees? Because I looked, and I thought I saw honeybees, although... Sunday or Monday, it was cool and kind of drizzly, and the tree that was over them went boom, boom, and it fell over. But it, so I went up there to start chopping out the tree, and I was very <laughs> leery because you know the vibration of a chainsaw might mm-hmm. annoy wasps. But they were wasps, and they were barely moving. So it was cool enough that it was, safe. Safe, it was right. safe. But they were they were wasps and not honeybees. So now I, it's a whole different ball game now because. I am not as particular about wasps as I would be about honeybees in the yard. Does that make sense? Yeah. Without going further? Yeah.
2: Okay.
4: Please continue. All right. Point made.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Garden classes today
2: in both stores Uh, at 930 in Poway. uh, We have a special treat. Uh, John Clements from the San Diego Botanical Garden is going to be teaching a class on proteaceae or protea plants or plants in the protea family. Um, And just... Along with that, we probably have the best selection of proteas in stock that we have ever had as far as varieties. Um, just across the board, we have a fantastic. This doesn't uh, happen very often, but I totally agree with you. <laughs> doesn't happen very often at all. No. Uh, just like the uh, selection of proteas that we've got. Uh, just, an, just an amazing selection. As a matter of fact, there was a customer, and yesterday I was out out in the yard and she had a cart and she was picking out proteas and I walked over and I said um uh, asked her if she was finding everything she needed and she said she was and I said well you know we do have a protea class coming up tomorrow at 9:30 she says I know I'm going to be there but she said I wanted to get here today yeah, to, to get the, to, to have yeah. the best selection so and,
4: and oddly as I was leaving I ran into her and chatted with her outside for the say and she was ex- very ecstatic about the, the selection we have but more importantly about John's class today
2: yeah so John does a very good class. Um, that's, once again, that's at 9.30 today in Poway. In San Diego, it's going to be uh, Rose Care at 9 o'clock with Beth Van Boxtel of the San Diego Rose Society. So if you're interested in how to care for your roses, that should be a very interesting class as well. Next week in Poway, it's going to be Spring Vegetable Gardens with Brigitte from San Diego Seed Company. And in Point Loma, it's going to be spring spring garden bed preparation with James. So that's what's coming up there. And let's see the San Diego Botanical Garden Foundation, which is the Balboa Park group. um, Today and tomorrow is a is the Camellia Society show and sale in the Casa del Prado. And next weekend, the tenth, eleventh, and twelfth is the Cactus and Succulent Society show and sale. And then coming up in March, uh, the 19th annual Daffodil Show is going to be taking place in Julian at the Julian Town Hall. Uh, if you if you haven't been up to Julian in the springtime, it is worth going up there to see it because there's so many daffodils planted in and around the town of Julian. It's not even funny. I mean, they're they're everywhere. But we there was a while where we were selling them thousands of daffodils every year. We we promoted the problem or yeah. whatever. Yeah, we helped. They, yeah, they they would come in and buy them and go off and plant them. But all along the sides of the roads, I mean, it's it really is quite the uh, it really is
3: quite the sight to see.
4: Some of ours are coming up right now. You oh know, really? And, yeah.
3: <clears throat> the yellow ones or yep, what? The you, yellows. Yeah. I had a first bloom about a month ago of something of one of the the narcissus and another one. Is coming up now, but I think they're the smaller, whiter ones.
4: Well, I have a ton of the the um, paper whites are all in bloom everywhere, right. but the the yellow ones are coming up as well.
2: And that, those are those are great bulbs to plant and just let them naturalize and forget right. Yeah, right. And if you you can plant them deeper, so that if you have if you put seasonal color on top of them, you can leave the bulbs in there and they'll just push right up through whatever you plant on top of them. So very versatile. Did just you hear that, David?
4: It? That's a great plant for you. You can just put What's them that? down and forget yeah. them. Oh, yeah. Except really, you have, to, you have to plant them. <laughs> you do have to so plant you them. You
3: can't leave them on a desk. Oh, it doesn't work. As <laughs> they'll turn dusty after a while. Um, you sound like you've done that before. Just a few times. <laughs> what was I going to talk about? Well, while you're thinking about Bulbs, that, I'll we'll go back to my the bulbs are spreading like crazy the ones um that i planted a few years ago and they're doing really well
4: they naturalize really
3: well and it's two or three varieties and they're blooming at different times so i guess do, that's do they, a good thing
2: are these the narcissists that
3: you're talking about? yeah they're the ones that we got from the late great bulb baron do you remember when we were getting his name was the bulb baron he was up in uh like the southern Monterey County area, but he passed away a couple of years ago, and I no, can't I don't find any more that. information on.
2: I don't remember that at all. I don't
3: well, maybe no. next time they go dormant, I'll get you a couple of bulbs so that you guys can See, participate as well.
2: You know what we had somebody call in and ask for yesterday, and it occurred to me that I haven't seen it in a long time, and we used to sell quite a bit of it, um, bare root. It was Jerusalem artichokes. And it's called they call it Jerusalem artichoke, but it really doesn't look anything like an artichoke. It's it's a it's a daisy. It's a, yeah, it's a, a composite. Kind of, yeah. Yeah. I'd never
3: Sunflowers thought about that. Why arti- did you? I didn't look it up. Well, that's, that's a, right a that's a job for George. <laughs> yeah, I,
4: I've it. grown them in the past. Also called sunchokes yeah. in the grocery store. But why do they call them? Well, you you it's a, it's also called a wild sunflower. Yeah. Okay. And when they they flower, they look like a sunflower. Yeah, that's right. It yeah. looks more like
2: that than a, than a dozen artichokes. And
4: they kind of naturalize a bit too if you give them the right spot.
2: Mm-hmm. They should. So we we haven't had them we haven't had them bare root in years. For a long time, I don't know yeah. that, and I don't know that we ever had them potted up. I don't I don't recall having them potted up. I
3: don't think. But well.
2: you you could still find them. You find them in a the grocery store or um, like North Park Produce from time to time. And if you do, you can just take the tuber or, the, or the, I guess it's a rhizome more than a tuber, take take the rhizome home and uh, plant
3: them, they should
2: yeah, grow.
4: Yeah, I've, I've done that. I've taken them, I've cut them in a couple of sections, let them dry so they don't rot and throw them in the ground. They work quite well. Yeah.
3: D- despite one of its names, the Jerusalem artichoke has no relationship to Jerusalem, and it's not a type of artichoke. <laughs>
4: interesting. I guess
3: that's the problem with common names, huh? Oh, yeah, Absolutely. I wonder
2: where that came I wonder who pulled that one out. Um, one of the other plants that's kind of interesting that I noticed when we were when I was walking through the store yesterday, is we got some miniature phalaenopsis from somewhere. Did, did those come in from Hawaii? Or?
3: I don't. Th- no, they did not. Oh, okay,
2: but they're neat little plants. They're about. Well, the plant itself is about half the size of a regular phalaenopsis, but the flowers are uh, the individual flowers are maybe the size of a quarter or a little bit smaller.
4: So we have about, what, 23 people that listen to us. There's probably two people that don't know what that is, but what is that?
2: That's a
3: moth orchid. Okay. Okay, can I go back to— One of the easier ones to grow. The Italian settlers called the Jerusalem artichokes or the sunchokes girasol, the Italian word for sunflower, and that got transformed into Jerusalem. I'm not sure about the artichoke, girasol. Oh is what the Italian settlers called the Jerusalem or okay. the sunchoke, the helianthus. Okay. The our wild that's their word for sunflower. Okay, so somebody just
2: bastardized it. That's
3: what I wasn't going to say, but yes. <laughs> yeah, exactly.
2: <laughs> All right. Um if you want to give us a call today, we would love to talk to you 888-344-1170 is the number. Um and speaking of artichokes, we got some really nice ones in that we had some 3 gallon ones that were They're large. Huge plants. Um, And it's a very – its So easy to grow. So easy to grow, very attractive plant. Um, Just make sure you have plenty of room for it because they get big.
3: You know how I am with horses, with dead horses, correct? Yeah. So the Puritans, when they came to the New World, called it New Jerusalem because they thought they were creating a new wilderness. So they may have – that might be where it came from Uh, as well. Could be. Okay, now I'm done with that. All right. You're listening to Garden Talk here on
2: KCBQ and KPRZ. We're going to take a quick break, and we'll be back with more right after this.
1: your gardening questions answered by calling 888-344-1170 that's 888-344-1170 there is more garden talk on the way
2: and we're back with more garden talk here on kcbq and kprz i'm ken anderson along with david ross mark mahady and george allman if you'd like to give us a call we'd love to talk to you 888-344-1170 is the number you know talking about one of the things that comes up from time to time um uh, Plants that are not, that have fallen out of favor over time. And it struck me as I was wandering through the nursery yesterday, a few that we, we still have them, but they're not anywhere near as popular as they used to be. Um, Delphiniums. I can't remember who it was that used to grow delphiniums, but they would come in with flower spikes on them, four or five feet tall. Just absolutely beautiful plants um, in full bloom. And you almost invariably break one off when you're trying to load it into somebody's yeah, car. Always, um, but it, it, it's a beautiful perennial. Um, if you need some height and some color in your in your yard, but we don't get we don't get the blooming ones like we used to.
3: No, the ones that come in blooming now are usually shorter varieties. Yeah, yeah much so shorter, so that you don't break so you the don't stems. break them off. <laughs> um, and just true
2: foxgloves. We have some out we have some out there right now, but that's another one that you just. You don't see it very often, um, but we used to sell tons of it, and it's a it's a biennial. So that maybe that's the drawback because it, it has to grow for a year and then it'll bloom the following year and then it dies. I need it now. Yeah,
5: exactly. But, but you see, the,
4: you see those both of those in you know like English border gardens and, mm-hmm. and nice you know where there's water. I think yeah. that's the one of the other detriments to trying to grow them. We've had a ton of rain this year. The last three weeks. Well, then somebody had the. That
2: new hybrid foxglove that came out a couple of years ago, I can't remember the name of it now, but it it would bloom the first year.
3: Yeah, it's more of an annual rather yeah, than a... Yeah, than a biennial. Yes. Yeah.
2: But I haven't seen those this year.
3: Now, I have to just go off the wall for a moment, as I know you're going to find that hard to believe. But you said we had 23 listeners. Is that what you said? I, a I bit thought. About? Yeah, okay. it was a rough estimate. Well, apparently, one of those 23 listeners uh, from the college area, by the name of Mary is having a birthday today. So well, I, we should wish her a happy birthday. Happy then. birthday. Happy birthday, Mary, Absolutely. from the college
2: area. Yeah, happy birthday, Mary. Okay. Now and, th- and, th- and thank you for listening to
3: us. Oh, yes.
2: <laughs> You're in an exclusive <laughs> club. Um, oh, and the other one is primroses. I mean, we used to have tables of primroses. Yes. And now I think we had
3: three flats. Well, it's late days. in the season. Well, it's... it's but it isn't... It's no not that late, but... At this time of the year, we'd probably have a whole table of four-inch uh, English primrose in bloom, and then a few peripheral of the flats of the other two varieties, the malcoides and the Ob- Obconicas. Obconicas. And we used to get cases and cases of Obconicas from the guy that we got the Gerber daisies from. Oh yeah, he would drive around. Oh, was Fernando. Fernando. Yes. That's
2: right. Yes. That's right. Yeah, and that you know, they grew, they grew yes. Gerber daisies better than anybody I've ever seen. I mean, they they were amazing, and we and, and we used we, to go through so yeah, many of, every of week, yeah. every week. We would we would just buy box after box of them when he would come in. Uh, it's it's funny how things. It is true, just kind of ebb and flow like that because it was. It was it was really neat. What else did they grow that we used to get
3: from them? Well we would get the little didn't we get the little cycads and stuff in the two inch pots off the Thurman truck? That Probably. he would pick up from Sherman, as it turns out. Yeah.
2: Yeah. The yeah, the little cycads. And then is is he the one that used to supply us the air ferns? Remember the novelty
3: plant? Oh, the, the one that would dry was, air. It was, I don't know. I I can't remember.
4: Okay, what what plant was that? Because you both held your hands out, and it didn't I, really I think it's help. The people listening. A, a type of listen, plant, a resurrection. Audience. Resurrection. Well, there's plant.
2: there's the resurrection plant, which is it's some type of a sea plant, I think. Um, and it, 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 it would dry up completely. It, it would dry up and curl up, and then it would. Then when it got then when you watered it, even though it, I, I don't think it was technically alive, it would open up. Uh, but there was another one. There was a was a, it was a we, they called it air fern and they, it was something really wispy and it was dyed green and it came in a little paper pot and it smelled horrible <laughs> <laughs> oh, i
3: can't it, you know, imagine uh,
2: why we don't have those anymore but we used to we used to sell tons of those too um so anyway just yeah, those, memory lane those things that we used to have that we don't have so much of anymore
3: we should do a memory lane show i was uh talking to well i was we had issues with some of the roses we got in this year. So I was writing a a letter to the company to let them know I was concerned. And I was going through the history, and I was thinking about how long I've been buying roses for for the company and, and what has come and gone during that period. And everybody's had mm-hmm. ebbs and flows of quality during that time. And Jackson and Perkins, the leading name, came and went. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, Armstrong came and went. It, yeah. It's... it's Howard's came and went. I don't remember Howard's.
2: I remember it. they they went out of business. They were up in they were up in Hemet, Hemet I think. yeah. And yes. I remember them. It was before I really started working at the nursery, um, but they um, the guy that owned it, his last name was Howard. Um, his employees decided they wanted to unionize, so they went on strike. And he said, "I quit," and shut shut the place down. <laughs> But Howard's was a huge, huge rose grower for, for years and years. So if you want to give us a call today, 888-344-1170 is the number, and we can talk to you just like we're going to talk to Ann out in El Cajon. Good morning, Ann. How are you? I'm great. How are you? We're good. What can we do for you?
5: Yeah, I have a, a plumeria that outgrew the plant that's in, and my husband bought me a 27-inch planter. Uh, but I'm not sure when's the best time to transplant it. And how do I transplant it into uh, another pot? Like, can I plant it like a bare root? You know, do I have to keep all the existing soil with it? Or I'm just not sure what to do. I don't want to mess it up because it's a huge plant.
2: You
3: could... You should be able to replant it this time of the year. Yeah, or, or you want to you wait? You can't. I'd wait a couple of months and let it warm up. Okay, it's yeah. just going to sit yeah, it's in just cool, sit wet soil. You know. If you do it now, that's true. So yeah. April, April, May, I think, would be the beginning of the window to to do that and transplant it like a normal plant. You yeah. want to try and keep the roots somewhat intact.
2: Right. Sure. Yeah, you don't want to. You don't want to. Wa- you don't need to wash the soil off of the roots or anything like that. Just keep the root ball intact. Don't bury it any deeper when you plant it into the new container. Um, just you want the top of the root ball to be even with the soil when you're done. And I would use probably what the cactus and succulent cactus and succulent potting soil would be perfect for
5: it. Great. And then do I fertilize it right away or I, I usually fertilize those every month yeah, or you every could,
2: week. Yeah you could go you could go ahead and fertilize it after you pot it. Cool. Okay. Thank you very much. You're welcome. Good luck. Thanks for calling.
5: You're welcome. Bye.
4: Bye. What? What? (laughs) um, We are actually going to have a plumeria class with Mike Atkinson, who's like one of the lead plumeria guys in the world here in Southern California, who will be teaching towards summertime.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Lead plumeria guy in the world or in Southern California? Both.
4: He's here in Southern California, but he's well. Known everywhere gotcha. when it comes okay. to plumerias.
2: Uh, this week we started getting in spring vegetable garden stuff.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
4: uh, we know, have a week, but, uh,
3: one week of sun.
4: Well, but Brian and I were talking about the tomatoes, and he was shocked. Everybody wants them. He was shocked at how many he sold already. Well,
3: that's the thing. Everybody People wants want to get started it's early. True. Yeah. Every year it seems like it's a little earlier too. Yeah, I mean, it, well, people have been clamoring for them since December. Exactly, yeah. and we have them. It's probably not the best time to plant them, right? Because we're probably still going to have some cool, wet weather and some frost, and they don't like it. Well, it's not supposed to get much out of the 60s for, but at least people want 10 them. days, right? And who are we? I remember no. to squash people's dreams. I remember a couple of seasons where we knew better and we didn't bring them in cuz they shouldn't be planting it. Yeah, well,
5: yeah, yes.
3: And that's not right. But well, with a cautionary I mean, just, tale, yeah, just tell them, I mean, we have them. You're more than welcome to buy them, but just be uh,
5: careful. Exactly. Yes.
3: I mean, it's on you now.
2: Yeah, cuz I mean, it doesn't it doesn't get up into the 70s in Sandy in the city of San Diego until Thursday. And then it gets to 72. Friday is That'll 72. That'll be a perfect time. This is the week. Yeah. Saturday is 71, and then it drops down to 65, and then 59 on mon- on the following Monday. You know, so
3: typically, yeah. or over the last few years, we've had very warm, dry winters. Last year in particular, I think we had extended warm weather. And so the people who gambled and planted their tomatoes won, yeah. early, they won. Exactly. But this year, they do it. It's going to be like Mark well, Mahade going to the casino. Exactly. Right? Yep. It's not exactly the same. No. Okay. Actually, Poway's going to be a little bit warmer.
2: Uh, Although it drops to 70 70 today, 61 tomorrow, 64 on Monday. And then it's back up into the 70s. And then it drops down to 60 again. Yeah, this is okay.
3: It's okay for them now. But it wasn't okay for them three weeks ago. Exactly. And who knows what three weeks from now will bring. That's true. But if you're a gambling person, put it in a few. And yeah. see how they do see what happens, but
2: yeah so we have we have tomatoes, we have peppers, still have a lot of the leaf crops um, snap peas are still available uh, there's quite a bit of lettuce there's a lot of stuff available would, you.
3: would somebody remind me later today to take my harvested leaf crops home and use them this weekend <laughs> Where Some you- uh what, what leaf crops are those? I'm thinking it's uh, collards and oh, cabbage.
4: Yeah. Oh, You, you left the is still there?
3: Well, it's in the fridge in a Ziploc oh, okay, bag. This. I'm mm. sorry. <laughs> I was hoping you didn't notice it when I put the collards in the in the crisper in the fridge at work. Uh, it was right next I to the... I didn't
4: notice. God, I'm not uh, bringing you any more vegetables. No. <laughs> come on.
3: I will use them and report next week. All right. Now, Melanie made...
2: She made up collards the other night. God, that, that, that's actually one of my favorite leaf vegetable, leaf vegetables. You yeah. Sautes them in butter and garlic and then put some Tabasco sauce on them. They're quite tasty. And if you really want to get crazy, you can add chopped up bacon to them also.
4: But when I lived in the South, they would add some brown sugar oh. in, in addition to the bacon. And it made it very sweet.
3: I can imagine. Yeah. Well aren't we kind of losing the benefits of the uh, oh, vegetables at this point? I, I agree.
4: I, I actually had a, a discussion with your wife there, Ken, and, and I'm going to bring you guys some fresh collard greens next week. Oh, I can take and care I have of that. A, Capri and I have a ton growing in the garden. <laughs> well, thank you.
2: Um, you know, what? I haven't seen them in a couple of years, but, if, well, it's been several years since I did it, but the tree collards. You've I have one at home.
3: You? Do you? And it's still alive. And and I finally took it out of its four-inch pot after a year, and put it into a larger pot. It's still alive and growing.
2: I had one planted in the yard, and it got to be about six feet tall. Or so.
3: I mean, it, they they get really big. are see, those collared leaves as good as the other ones?
4: Do I we have any so. comparison? I, I didn't. I liked the regular traditional ones more. So my chickens love the the, the, the the tree, tree ones. ones, they tended to get a lot of aphids on the bottom, and no. they, they loved picking through those.
3: You know, I my neighbor had some bok choy they planted and it's already bolting and the top six inches of a bolted bok choy kind of looks like a small head of broccoli it tastes like it too it's good it's very very good it doesn't get bitter when it bolts no i get bitter before during and after but (laughs) no it was good two beers sweet right yes Yes. And I added some bacon and brown sugar and what else? to Cheese, butter. 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 Yeah, there you go. Yes. To make it healthy. (laughs) To bind it. A binding agent.
2: You're listening to Garden Talk here on KCBQ and KPRZ. If you want to give us a call, 888-344-1170 is the number. We're going to be back with more right after this.
1: your gardening questions answered by calling 888-344-1170. That's 888-344-1170. There is more Garden Talk on the way. And we're back
2: with more Garden Talk here on KCBQ and KPRZ. I'm Ken Anderson, along with David Ross, Mark Mahady, and George Allman. Do you if you'd th- like to give us a call, oh,
3: 888-344-1170 is the number. I'm sorry, David. Go no, ahead. no, no. I should have. You always do that part. I Do you know what that song reminds me of? No.
4: Madison Square Garden, Ricky Nelson. No, it no.
3: reminds me of Garden Talk Radio. Remember, that used to be the only bumper song we had. No, I guess it was. So it brings way, me back to us. Way back Aww. in the day. Yes, isn't that sweet?
2: Way it back is. in the day. Thank I was you. trying to figure out, when did we start
3: the second round of
2: Garden Talk? Oh, it was, I know, it was, we we ended the first run in 2005, 20,
4: you're doing 20, public 20, math
2: 2015 because we it was ten years since the first show ended and the second show started so we've been doing this for eight years. We started well,
3: doing this in 2015. I think so. The recorded shows over at oh no, my yeah. gosh
2: yeah I would have back at we we went back to um, we went back to KFMB initially so and that all and that all started because I was at Bates Nut Farm in October with. Melanie and blake and they went off to go shopping inside the store which you know (laughs) (laughs) Um, and i was i was standing out front and i ran into mike hansen who was our old um right our old engineer and we started talking and i said you know we might be interested in getting back on the air and then mike came went back to the went went back to work the next week and talked to talked to craig and craig called us and here we are and the rest is history and the rest is history we're about eight years
3: 2015
2: into it. Yeah. It yeah time flies because I yeah. I, I, re- I remember it now because we were we said we had we had taken a 10 year hiatus <laughs> <laughs> so.
3: all right now I have to tell you about my generational shift it's not exactly plant related but it kind of is on Monday after visiting my dad I went by my friend Ken's house on the way home and instead of meeting and going hiking was what we traditionally do we uh, had a drink, started talking about all of our aches and pains, and he had gotten a letter in the mail that day that was open sitting on the counter from the United States Social Security Administration, <laughs> talking about the different benefits options, you could, or, or yes, yes, the options yes. for taking benefits. Mm. And I... You realize you're old at that point? Yes, again. Yes, it's a yeah. whole different... It's a generational shift. And I kind of laughed after that at what we had just done. Yeah. It was... Crazy, sad, and funny all at the, all same, at the time. same time. Mm-hmm.
2: Um, interesting thing that we got in, which we haven't gotten, which I don't remember us having before. we got four inch saffron. In. I have not so seen well. them potted growing. Okay. It's good to have. Yeah, it's nice. It is, I, I think it's 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 a neat plant. It it is. Yeah, we had two people call
4: specifically for that the other day, and and we a couple of us didn't realize we had it until we were chatting with Brian. And it's it's out there. It looks really pretty. It's yeah. doing well.
2: Yeah, we get the we get the bulbs in. Right in the, in the in the fall. Right, um, but I hadn't seen it pondered up before. And are they are they not? The, are they more expensive than your typical forge? Did either of you notice? I, I didn't, didn't notice. notice. Okay. No, I did not. Did not happen to notice. I, well, I didn't see it. I heard about it. Okay.
3: Because so, um, yeah, I don't think we. I to saw see it, them. but I still don't know.
4: I, right. I saw them too. I didn't pay any attention to the to the price because I wasn't purchasing any at that gotcha. moment. And then George,
3: George, you were
2: saying um, at customer service, you've been seeing a lot of scale and sooty we're mold see, coming through. We're
4: seeing a lot. I, well, I am anyway. A, a lot more scale, mostly on ficus. People have been a number of folks have brought in, you know, your your ornamental ficus. The like Benzmina, Benjamin, yeah, but, exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it,
2: that one can be. Yeah, that one can and, be. And they're coming in with sooty mold, mold
4: all over it. And when you you know you, you tell them that there's a sucking insect on here somewhere, and well, I didn't see anything, and you flip it over, and you can see. Scale everywhere,
2: yeah, yeah, yeah. is right. mostly on house plants or, or uh, well
4: these are these seem to be outdoor plants that you know well, big, yeah, the bigger the bigger yeah, yeah they I, do i've up. only seen them on the outdoor plants.
3: okay but relatively easy to control there was yes. a couple of years ago, I did a yard doctor call in well, I did a yard doctor call towards the coast, just east of Lindbergh field in the in the valleys oh, okay. just over there, and I was diagnosing a ficus ailment it was a ficus benjamina but it was defoliating and i assured him it wasn't getting enough water and he wanted me to come out so i went out and started looking at the tree and it really looked like it wasn't getting enough water mm-hmm. but upon closer inspection it was covered in scale oh really the leaves, yeah it was just coated and i'm not used to seeing it so we usually see so it more thanks. on uh ones in containers than than happy yeah, plants in the ground it, it, yeah. but this was just coated with but scale i, think, I think a lot
4: of people miss scale because it doesn't move i mean it, there's a mobile stage when it's smaller but once it sucks down and is is clamping you, you don't you don't really attached, a lot yeah. of people don't recognize it because it just looks like a little bump on the branch and in, in time at times people think it's the branch
3: right yeah and we've seen so many citrus that have come in with scale totally coating the branch so you can't see the branch and it looks like Part of it the is branch. the branch. Exactly. Until you it looks like the bark, right. Away. Yes. Yeah. right?
4: I like to call them plant barnacles. That
3: is a very good description of
4: them. Because that's what they remind me of. And so, typically, the the best organic treatment, and I think even non-organic for you, you like using it regardless, is horticultural oil, right? Yes. It works quite well. Very effective on as a suffocating agent. Yeah.
3: Right. It works really well. And putting it in a hose-end sprayer so it's coming out under pressure... Will help you to get more thorough coverage. Yes, it might use a little bit more, but if you don't get thorough coverage, you won't get thorough control. You won't get control. It control. Um, the systemics that are available too would work
2: very
4: well. right. If you're not, if it's not near anything edible, the systemics work quite yeah. well. And actually, a one-two punch is good. It's like taking a, a a topical antibiotic on your arm for some wound, and then taking a an oral antibiotic. You do both. You spray it with the horticultural oil, and then you throw some systemic in at the same time.
3: You are full of wisdom today. Are you older than you used to be? <laughs> I am indeed. Okay.
2: Yeah. Yeah. My neighbor uh, down the street from us, he's got a ficus benjamin in his front yard that's probably twenty feet tall. So it's difficult to spray something that's that high, at right. least, and control it. Yeah. So that's where the systemics come in handy. Is you can just pour it down around the base and it'll get sucked up through the root system, and we'll take care of it. Um, Let's we'll see what else we got. Oh what was the Wednesday wisdom this week? It was pol- about pollination again pollination, just on, on fruit yes.
4: trees in particular, you know. There, we have a lot of when we look at our bare root fruit trees, we sell a great number of fruit trees out there that don't need a pollinator. They're just self-fruitful. We're we
3: just going to talk about this. Do we need to get notes and permission slips from the audience? We're not going to we... go
4: that detailed. This okay. going to be a broader
3: Topic, okay, general yeah. pollination, general, yeah but okay.
4: so, you know, but some of the fruit trees that we do sell require a pollinator, but all mm-hmm. that said, to have pollination happen, you need usually insects, sometimes animals like hummingbirds and such, or wind, and yeah. in, in some cases, in, in the backyard, like in the case of um, cherimoya, cherimoya. You know, hand, hand pollination hand comes pollination. in, mm-hmm. so yeah, there's a link on our on our Facebook page to one of the UC master gardener sites that talk about pollination and you know best practices talks about grafting for example if you have a a good example the mini royal cherry mm-hmm. needs the royal lee cherry as a pollinator or royal crimson you can you know some Some trees, if you have the opportunity, they're not patented, you can cut a branch. And and as an example, I'm not saying to do that one.
3: If they're not patented. So the mini Royal Royal Lee mentioned previously. Well, just as an
4: example, you need the pollinator. So if you don't have those two trees in your yard or another tree that needs a pollinator, you can cut branches and and graft or you put it in. Or if your neighbor has one, and according to the UC site, says within 100 feet is best practices. Okay.
3: That's pretty good distance.
4: It it is, Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then or, you want and you want to encourage pollinators in your yard so that they're there when your trees start to open.
3: We had a customer in the other day whose neighbor had a cherry that needed a pollinator and they didn't know which one and right. it turned out they had the Mini Royal and so this neighbor was going to put on their side of the fence either the the Mini Royal or the Royal, royal Lee or the Royal Crimson and I suggested they get the Royal Crimson cuz it's self-fruitful if their neighbor kills their their side of the tree their plant then they'll still be able to get fruit
4: my, my old neighbor and I actually purposely went out and both bought mini royal royal leaves and put them in our backyards near each other to increase pollinations
2: and you could you can plant two trees in one hole too which yeah we, were,
4: we, yeah, we advocate that and, and Dave Wilson website does yeah. too for pollination but again you have to make sure in that case you have the right the same root Save stocks to the, the right ones for the same characteristics yes watering uh, needs Did we get hit- Satsuma plums this year?
3: We do. We do.
4: We do. Yep.
2: That's another... We, we, we've sold that for... Ever. As long as I can remember.
4: It's but one of the it, few that need a pollinator. It, it is. One of the few plums yeah. we and sell. It's
2: and it's Santa Rosa is the pollinator, correct? Yes. Yeah.
3: yeah. And I finally planted my Green Gauge plum, which is a good universal pollinator as well. It's teeny tiny, though. But the, the, the plant is teeny yeah. tiny? Yeah, it was one of those... The the sleeves? sleeves? sleeve ones, but oh, I got it okay. in the ground. It was part of my planting... Regimen this week But that
2: It's a great an plum Incredible yes. plum when, when,
3: when, when is daylight savings time start? March
4: yeah. 12th I believe
3: But it's I, I need an extra hour of daylight we all At the do. end of the day yeah. Just get up earlier <laughs> At the end of the day At the end of the day It's still dark in the morning If I get up earlier And it's freezing cold outside And frost on the ground It's not conducive to, to, to work for work
2: in
4: New York Yes Yeah
3: I, I I, get it. Okay. It's,
4: well, that's why I'm, I was disappointed with your weather forecast for tomorrow, because all week I have been saying Sunday is the big day. We're going to go out and spend hours in the yard. And get it's a hundredth
3: done. of an inch, George. I think you'll be okay. <laughs> we'll
4: see. We'll see. George. I wanted nice, bright sunshine to work in the garden.
3: Oh. Um, Maybe Monday. Or Tuesday.
2: <laughs> well, yeah. And then it's going to rain again next week, too. Is it? rain again a week from Monday.
3: Well, no. now, don't say rain again. One one one-hundredth or two one-hundredths of an inch of rain does not qualify as rain or a rain event. Are you sure? Your father and I have had these discussions, yes, and bets. All All right. right. You're listening to Garden Talk here on KCBQ and KPRZ. I'm Ken
2: Anderson along with David Ross, Mark Mahady, and George Allman. We're going to take a quick break, and we'll be back with more right after this.
1: Get your gardening questions answered by calling 888-344-1170. That's 888-344-1170. There is more Garden Talk on the way.
2: And we're going to go to the phones. We're going to go down to Otay Mesa where Bob is waiting. Good morning, Bob. How are
5: you? I'm fine. Uh, The question I'm I'm, going to ask is a pentas, navy milkweed, native milkweed tropical milkweed and my question is uh my native milkweed i had two over my body about a year ago it died uh the tropical milkweed it looks like the leaves are barely hanging in there as as well as the pentas and i'm wondering if this the weather that went down to uh, you know the 40s did it affect these
2: plants yeah yes yeah they they go semi. The tropical milkweed goes kind of semi-dormant in the wintertime. It's best to cut them in, starting around November. Or so it's best to cut them down pretty much to the ground, maybe just two or three inches above the ground. And in the springtime, when the when the soil starts to warm up again, they will come back and be just fine. The natives typically go dormant as well. Doesn't necessarily mean that they're gonna, they're going to die, but they they will go dormant. So that could be what's going on.
3: And pentas hates cold
2: weather. Yeah,
6: he right? hates
5: cold weather. Oh boy! Uh, the native milkweed now, the plant looks dead, it's dried. You're saying that might, it might survive when the weather gets warmer. Yes,
2: it might come back up from the base, yeah, 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 let, that's what a lot of them will do is they'll come back up from the base, so the the crown of the plant down by the soil is still going to be viable.
5: Yeah. So, how long should I wait? A month before it looks like it's coming back, or I would wait a couple of months.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I, it's it's we're going to need to have weather that's significantly warmer than what we have now for this to to come back. But I I would I'd be patient, and I think you'll probably find it coming back.
5: Yeah. Uh, see another question in regards to my uh, my uh, lemon tree. Uh, we had a lot of lemons on the hundreds probably, and we picked all the lemons. Now I don't. It's a Meyer. I don't. I don't see any flowers or anything bud on it.
3: They should be coming right away. the The bloom cycle on the Meyer lemon and most of the citrus is coming right now. So be patient. Uh, Have if you have not fed it recently, feed it this week or next. If we don't get a rain, feed it and water it in. If we do get a rain, feed it just prior. But they are the citrus trees crop almost everything that all the different types are starting to bloom right now.
5: Yeah. I've had this tree for 10 years and it always had hundreds of blossoms and so forth.
3: There was probably a problem last year that kicked it out of cycle. That cuz there should be lemons coming on right now. So something probably stressed it or something happened to it last year that prevented what should be there right now uh from being there.
5: Okay,
2: well, thank you very much. Thank you, Bob. Have a great weekend. Thank
3: Take care.
2: Uh, we're going to go talk to Jack in San Diego. Good morning, Jack. How are you?
6: Uh, good, good. Hey, thanks for uh, taking my question here. Uh, mm-hmm. I have a couple of camellia, um, like, I guess, one, one looks more like a bush, the other one's kind of a tree-like, mm-hmm. it's probably, probably about 10 feet tall. Uh, one is really doing well, and then the other one, the, uh, the uh, uh, leaves are, you know, very dull Hey, I'm not quite sure i'm not quite sure what the difference is between the two uh do I have to do you have to fertilize it, or what? What do you think might be going on there? They do
2: like they yeah. they do like regular feeding, but not this time of the year because it should be, they should be buttered but up with, up with, with flower uh, flower buds. Yeah, seed.
6: no, they're they're both of them have buds on them. Okay, uh, yeah, but, yeah, but uh, like I say, there there is quite a difference between the color of the leaves on on both of them.
4: Are they both the same variety? Are they both like japonicas or big leafed ones?
6: Uh, you know, the, all I know, actually, my wife got them probably uh, 30 years ago, and, uh, and one got real big, and then the other one stayed, stayed probably uh, four foot tall. The other one's probably uh, uh, 10 or 12 foot tall.
2: It's a, well, it sounds like it could be a the big one is a japonica, japonica and the smaller one is a is a sasanqua because they tip the sasanquas typically don't get as big as the japonicas. Um, okay. The, well, as I far as it. the as far as the well, and there's going to be some very and if that is the case, then there is definitely going to be some variation in the foliage between the two. They're not going to they're not going to be I, in general. I don't think the sasanquas are quite as green and glossy as the japonicas can
3: be. Well, both of them are quite glossy when they first come out and so when the foliage is new it's very lustrous and as it ages on the plant it will lose that so it also could be just because it's budding now that means it's done with its growth cycle and it could be part of the explanation and then when the new growth comes out after it gets done blooming it should look gorgeous and shiny again so feed yeah. it when then yeah
6: and then the fertilizing on that when do, when do you fertilize
2: it when the when the flowers oh, yeah. flowers are pretty much done
4: yeah after the bloom cycle yeah.
2: if you flower, if you if you feed a camellia while it ha- while it while it's budded up uh, or has flowers on it it immediately starts to push new growth with the rush of nitrogen and then that new growth comes out right underneath the flower buds and it knocks the flower buds off so,
6: just, okay, so. and they so after they yeah. do it after the after the flowers, yeah,
2: done? and you can feed and you can feed them on a regular basis from the time that the flowers drop until uh, we, I usually okay. tell people don't don't feed them after October, right
6: Okay, All I right. got you. Now, can I ask you just one other question? Certainly. Yeah. So anyway, you guys aren't going to like this, but I got a, I got a maple tree from the Chicago area that I have that, you know, is probably 15 feet tall or something like that. It's never really taken off here. Uh, like my liquid Amber has gone crazy. Uh, but, uh, um, anyway, uh, the bark ha- has kind of split on it. It's exposed to the sun mm-hmm. and, uh, can I tape it or anything around the bark, or is that just something that it doesn't flourish very well out here?
2: It, typically, the maples don't—they don't thrive out here. They're, they'll do most of them will do okay, um, but that's just what it is. They'll—they'll they'll do okay. They don't—they—they're yeah. not going to do. They're great.
4: not adapted well yeah. for the southern if climate. You're con-
2: if you're concerned about. Um, Sunburn on the trunk there with the paper tape that we have. Uh, the paper tape or whitewash or whitewash you can right. use
3: too. Now there's two different things that would cause the cracking on the bark. One would be sunburn destroying the bark on that side, and two would be as different types of trees age and that bark gets woodier. It is going to have to split to allow for the tree inside to expand. So oh, okay, it, it could uh-huh. just be a natural part of the cycle. Is yeah. Do you, have you seen damage? Did the bark come off and you expose the interior tissue, or are you just seeing?
6: Well, cracking? The, uh, actually, there are some some pieces of the bark that flake out that appear to show under you know the underlying wood. Yeah,
3: it could just be the natural expansion of the trunk underneath that causes that the cracks and crevices. It has to uh, it has to allow for the tree to grow.
4: But more, more than likely, I would think it would be sunburn and stress because they need a constant supply of moisture for a maple tree. And so are you watering it constantly and keeping that ground wet around it or at least moist, rather?
6: Yeah, well, they, you know, I wo- it's kind of in a tree well, so I water it pretty well, like once a week during the summertime well. You know, I, I fill up that thing, you know. So, uh, but, uh, um, yeah, it's just uh, that the, uh, the bark is exposed to, you know, we have pretty... Pretty severe sun during the summertime, you know. It's always a, always exposed, you know. It's not like it is back back home, you know. So, yeah. but back in the Chicago area, right, so that kind of thing. But now, would I, if I taped it, would it would it hurt it at all or not? no? No, the paper it's tape. It's not going to damage no. it or anything if I tape it. No. Okay. And you guys have that. Uh, you guys have that in the store.
2: Yes, we do. Both stores.
6: Okay. okay. All right. Well, hey, thanks for the thanks for the answers, guys. You guys are uh, you guys are great. Thank, Thank you.
2: you. Thank you. Appreciate okay. it. Thanks for listening. Okay.
6: Take bye you. bye now. You've been listening to the Garden
2: Talk here on KCBQ and KPRZ. I'm Ken Anderson, along with David Ross, Mark Mahady, and George Allman. We'll be back next week with another hour of Garden Talk. Have a great weekend, everybody, and try to stay dry on Sunday. <laughs> <laughs>